The following talk was recorded at Label the Planet 2021 Empowering Users, the annual conference on current issues in ethics, social justice and technology from the Free Software Foundation. Label the Planet is a live conference and speakers often use slides and other visual tools to assist their presentation. You can see the videos of these talks at media.libreplanet.org or on the FSF Peertube channel. Label Planet speakers do not represent the mission of the Free Software Foundation. We host speakers talking about their use of free software in different kinds of political and commercial work. The FSF supports their freedom, but does not take positions on any political issues other than those necessary to uphold the principles of free software. Like all the FSF's work on behalf of the grievance of all computer users, Nemo Planet is made possible by thousands of individuals. To keep our work going, please consider becoming an associate member via my.fsf.org join or making a donation at my.fsf.org donate. You can stay informed by subscribing to our newsletter, The Free Software Supporter, at fsf.org fss and for more information on LibrePlanet, you can visit libreplanet.org conference. In your life. Hello, Libre Planet 2021. This talk is titled Unjust Computing Clamps Down and will be presented by Richard Stallman, known as RMS, the founder of the Free Software Foundation and the GNU Project, and the chief GNU sense. In this talk, RMS will talk about the abysmal moral state of computing. Thank you very much. First, I have an announcement to make. I'm now on the Free Software Foundation Board of Directors once again. We were working on a video to announce this with, but that turned out to be difficult. We didn't have experience doing that sort of thing, so it didn't get finished, but here's the announcement. Some of you will be happy at this, and some might be disappointed, but who knows? In any case, that's how it is. And I'm not planning to resign a second time. So, uh, I hope that I'll be able to help the Foundation tackle the enormous challenges it faces because there are lots of bad things happening in computing today. Almost everywhere you look, you see bad things happening. And it's up to our community to basically either stop them or fix them or escape them, get around them somehow so that we can get to freedom in these many different areas of life. Well, one of them is locked down operating systems that you can't do anything to. Uh, now, most Android devices will let you install uh, a different version of Android, and if it supports the peripherals, it could actually work. But most use of Android goes through the App Store, and a free version of Android can't talk to the App Store. You need a non-free app to do that. And the apps in the App Store are non-free too. So Android is sort of locked down. But there are other systems such as iOS and I believe Chromos 
that tend to be that are always or usually locked down. Another injustice is in the app stores. Uh, Apple's app store is also locked down and it locks down the whole system. Users are basically not allowed to release and then install other apps. Android isn't as bad, but it's gradually getting a little worse. Uh, I think Chromos is like iOS. <clears throat> and these app stores do other bad things like they their interfaces, their, the apps to use them tend to have backdoors. Both Android and iOS in the app store interfaces can either erase or forcibly install any app under remote control. Sorry, I think it's only Android that can forcibly install, but iOS can forcibly delete. <clears throat> and this goes with another increasing trend that there are lots of services you can't get to except through non-free client software. And that means to use that service implies injustice. The non-free client software is an injustice. Now that could be an app from an official app store, or it could be a JavaScript code sent by the service that you're talking to. And there used to be a few of these, but there are lots of them now. Government websites are inaccessible. For instance, the House of Representatives website, uh, without running JavaScript code, non-free JavaScript code, uh, you can't see a page, any page. Uh, the whitehouse.gov interface doesn't allow you to send a message. Various Massachusetts websites don't work. The websites to get vaccinated for COVID-19, something that you should definitely do, don't work uh, without running non-free JavaScript code. Fortunately, you can make appointments in some places by phone, and that's what I did. So uh, I've been vaccinated, and I hope soon you will be too. <clears throat> so as this spreads around, uh, you can't talk to medical clinics anymore through their websites uh, without running non-free JavaScript or else using an app, which is just as bad in some ways worse, in some ways the JavaScript is worse. <clears throat> And what this means is we're going to have to organize a powerful movement to pressure organizations to respect our freedom. Now, I take every opportunity possible to ask an organization to allow use, allow contact to the, to the organization's site without running non-free software because I can, you know, uh, it's an opportunity to do something for the free software movement, to do a bit of campaigning. Now, 
I don't think that you have to campaign at every possible opportunity. You know, saying no even once is helping. So if you're not in the habit of saying no, try to say no once. Uh, refuse to run the non-free JavaScript code, or even better, talk with the people at the organization and say, I, I can't participate in this because of the way you're doing it. I just want you to know there are people who won't uh, go along with this, this kind of mistreatment, even though they support your cause and want to help, or even though they want to do business with you, or whatever it may be. If they don't hear from you, they probably don't know anybody thinks that what they're doing is, is wrong. And the more people they hear it from, the closer we are to convincing them to make allowances. Now, this brings me to uh, the issue of JavaScript. JavaScript is not just a matter of sending non-free code to run in your machine. In effect, it turns the World Wide Web into a kind of app store. Now, the World Wide Web was supposed to be something that allowed everyone to post things. Oh, gee, I just got a, a notification that the session is now being recorded. I hope they didn't wait till now to start. That said, and since I, I realize I don't have a presentation, I might as well be full screen. Um, I'm not hearing. You're all right. Okay, I I heard you. Uh, for some reason, uh, the echo cancellation seemed to get better. Your and audio and video is very sounds very good. So please just okay, continue. Good. I will. So. Uh, this app store replaces what used to be something that allowed everybody to publish things and look at what each other was publishing and even copy ideas from it and use them. I once saw presentations about the interesting things that people did on the web in the 1990s, back when we had no free software to look at it at all. But this is mostly gone. The World Wide Web is now a platform, primarily a platform for non-free apps. So effectively, it's an app store. And in some ways, it's even nastier than the other app stores. Uh, Alexandre Oliva uh, analyzed this and, for instance, noted that if you've run an old version of a web app, you can't keep it sitting on your machine and run it again when you want to. You have to get it from the app store each time you want to use it. And if that version has been replaced by something that is that you find unpleasant, you can't get it the old version at all. It's automatically erased each time you cease using it for a time. So we have to say that what's happening with the World Wide Web is another way that injustice is taking over the internet and the world of computing. Now, another bad thing that's happening is we find proprietary tools sometimes becoming de facto standards and they're not 
uh, interoperable. Uh, now, one example of this is the compiler for NVIDIA's GPUs. Uh, I like to call them NVIDIA's Lubyanka. Uh, the Lubyanka prison in Russia once was the prison of the GPU, uh, an organization that later changed its name to KGB, a name you might be more familiar with. And they were said to torture people there, brainwash them and whatever. But now we have uh, millions of people who are prisoners of the GPU uh, because they can't use the GPU without loading non-free firmware into it. So they've got to have the non-free firmware in their system. And nowadays, it's even worse, their jobs that are done by compiling code for these GPUs uh, because there's nothing else as fast, but there's no free compiler you can use to do that. So uh, it's another serious problem by the way, we have a somewhat similar problem with Objective-C. Apple added features to Objective-C, and it used to use GCC, but I think it is now switched to LLVM. And I don't know if the code for those features, for, for those features is free or not. But in any case, we definitely would like people to help improve the Objective-C support in GCC. Uh, we want our compiler to be able to do that job. We want to be able to com compile GNU software in Objective-C using GNU tools and not have to go to a non-copylefted compiler that makes our community vulnerable. <clears throat> now, I've been talking about web services and their web apps. Well, one bad thing about them is how they depend on running non-free software on your computer and send it to you and you have to know to stop it. But they do other bad things too. For instance, web apps frequently spy on users, mislead users, uh, can sabotage users. And so we need to move away from web apps. If you depend on a web app, you're depending on something that some organization can change on you at any time. It can sabotage it totally. It can impose new conditions on you, anything at all. So I call them online disservices because what they do to you is not, in my opinion, a service. And uh, we also have the Internet of Mal things. Devices that are designed so that they spy on everything you do. And in order to tell them what you want them to do, you have to uh, communicate with them using a mobile phone running a non-free app. And this app talks to a, an online disservice that relays your commands to the thing that's supposedly your property. 
And when it wants to report what's happening, it sends that through the disservice, which sends it to your portable tracking and surveillance device. And there's, in general, no other way to tell them what you want them to do. They can't provide their intended functionality without the infrastructure that is malicious. Now, if they built the device so you could talk with it through a safe interface uh, with your PC running GNU slash Linux or whatever, uh, then the device wouldn't be inherently malicious. You know, it might have non-free software inside it, but if you don't ever look inside it, uh, that doesn't directly affect you. It might as well be a circuit. But once a thing is talking on a network to computers that don't belong to you, then it is doing you harm. And then you can't ignore the question of who controls that software. You need to get rid of it. Then there are the virtual reality platforms that use non-free tools and non-free platforms and have only non-free apps. Uh, you know, they might be doing something neat, but until we can try it out in freedom, it's better if we just say no. Nowadays, we hear about plans for vaccination passports, which are basically tracking devices. Now, if it were a piece of paper that I would show when I cross a border, well, I would treat it just like my passport, which also I have to show when I cross a border and it has my name on it. But I don't think it's unfair that a country finds out who's entering or even who's leaving. So I don't object to that. Uh, but I'm afraid these vaccination passports will not be as ethical as a piece of paper. I'm afraid they will require people to carry portable surveillance and tracking devices. In other words, smartphones. And well, for a, if you want freedom, you shouldn't have one of those things. But the next thing is, I'm afraid that they'll be checked when you do something like, when you go into a place like a restaurant or a theater or a subway train, a bus, whatever. And that would mean tracking people around their daily lives. That would be a terrible injustice right there. And you know, it's not just that they would, they might check in that device to see uh, if you have a, been, vaccination, been vaccinated, worse than that, they would find out who you are. They would get your identifying data and they put that in a database. So whether you ever got vaccinated or not, whether you ever get COVID-19 or not, you'd suffer from surveillance. And once people were used to it, they'd probably keep it going forever for, under some other pretext. So we had better get active now and contact governments and say, don't make us carry smartphones. And when we show we've been vaccinated, don't put it in a computerized database. You know, if they want to 
uh, keep track for contact tracing purposes of who has come in on a given day. Well, that's okay, but they should keep it on paper in a box and then throw that box away in two weeks if nobody's contacts need to be traced for that day or for that showing. Uh, then it'll do good and it won't do harm on the side. Meanwhile, we have almost all the schools in the US and Europe and many other parts of the world grooming students to submit to online injustice. And that is something we've got to put an end to soon. The FSF has a program to work on this and the GNU project is working on this in a different direction. So please take a look and if you insist on not using the unjust non-free software and offer easy enough substitutes like please email me the assignments and please accept my responses by email because I'm not going to use whoever it is classroom or whoever it is teams or whatever non-free program you're trying to push down my throat those are wrong i want a good education i want to get a good grade and above all i want to keep my freedom so please help so i'm going to be answering questions now but first i want to tell you the address of the room where I'm going to be hanging out after this is done. So I figure the 20 minutes we have now isn't really enough. So uh, it's the same host name. So you just need to write down the name of the room and maybe uh, the people sort of uh, babying the system for this talk can type this into the chat so that you'll see it. So uh, I'll hold this up here and I'll speak it. It's rms-dfw-93a. That's rms-dfw-93a. And uh, now we can start with some questions here. <clears throat> okay. I guess I, I, I should go down to the, ch I should reduce the size of, uh, okay. So I'm now looking at the chat, if you want to use that, or just say it to okay. me, that's fair. I, I will try to read them. And if you uh, can hear me okay, then we will go with that. Um, we have a question that I think you just answered though, but I'm gonna read it again because it is an important one. Uh, just a GNU had asked about your opinion on schools that use COVID-19 as an excuse to force students to use proprietary software. And I think you just talked about that, but I've seen that here as well, where it, it, it becomes a problem. And as students, they don't feel empowered to be able to change it. Well, first of all, I wouldn't say as an excuse. Now, 
the people running the schools, they weren't looking for an excuse to force non-free software on people. They saw a horrible public health happen problem uh, roaring down on them. They had to do something. So they reached for the solution that was being offered to them. Now, I'm sure for some of those companies, this was a great excuse to shove everybody into uh, getting addicted and surrendering to and surrendering to their non-free programs. But I wouldn't say that about the teachers and principals and school boards. Nonetheless, they owe it to students to respect students' freedom for those who are willing to, who, who demand freedom and are willing to make efforts to do the school work uh, without uh, although in other ways, unless avoiding the non-free software. You can't go up to them with outrage in your voice and expect them to work, to make uh, an extra effort to help you keep your freedom. You've got to realize that you, sh you can't, that you can't assume that the teachers are bad or that they're against your freedom, but they may feel, oh boy, I'm so overloaded, what am I going to do? So it's up to you to be really clever and creative, looking for ways to make it easier for them. Here's one idea I had. If the class is using some non-free communications program, well, maybe you can find a friend who is willing to set up another set up an extra webcam you may have to get the webcam and give it to this friend or lend it to this friend set up the webcam to pipe that video over to you so you can see what's on the screen and uh if they're using zoom you can phone in for audio communication and now you've got almost everything if if they're not using zoom if they're using some other thing which doesn't have phone in well, your friend can also have a microphone to transfer that. And you can come up with some way to signal everybody uh, that you're raising your hand or something. So it can be made to work, and it isn't even any extra work for the teacher. So be creative looking for solutions like this. So we have another question from a little bit earlier, uh, which comes from Rafim too. Uh, do you think that compromise, like having free drivers and proprietary firmware would bring firms and customers aboard the free software movement in order to do further steps in the future, such as freeing the firmware in the future? Well, there is some sort of strange assumption in that question. You know, it's in a way, it's a good question if you get rid of this peculiar assumption, which is that we're making deals with those companies. So far, they're not interested in making any sort of deal with us. They hardly know we exist. Uh, the, the hardware manufacturers, uh, you know, they release drivers and they pay no attention to us. So it doesn't make sense to formulate a question in terms of a compromise. A compromise is a deal you make with somebody that has different goals and different interests. And you try to find a way that each of the parties can 
uh, give up something so that and, and but they do so as part of a deal. So you know we wouldn't suppose we if we were wanted Microsoft to make a concession, we couldn't get that by making a concession. That would be dumb. Microsoft would say, "Oh, gee, they changed their policy. That's nice." The idea of a compromise is we would say to Microsoft, "We would make this change if you make that change." And uh, if we're lucky, we find a pair of changes to make that uh, meet in a way and can result in a deal. But, uh, and that's why that question doesn't really make sense because in that scenario, nobody's negotiating, so there aren't compromises. There can only be concessions. So, oh, why should we make any concession, right? If you want to run the free driver, but use the, but load in the non-free firmware into your system to install it into the hardware when you uh, turn it on, well, you can do so. That concession is one that each user can freely make or not make. So our job is to show people what the goal is, if you, you know, what you need if you want that device not to take away your freedom. And what you need for that is a free driver and a free piece of firmware to stuff into the, into the peripheral when you turn it on. So how much you insist on rejecting devices that don't do that or what partial steps you would consider acceptable, you can decide on your own. Very good. So we have another question from Drag Distill. How do you view big corporations trying to replace the tool chain slash system library slash kernel stack? Uh, LLVM, Bionic, et cetera. Is it what is Bionic? I've something? never heard of that. What is Bionic? I admit I don't know either, so it's a uh, something I'm not familiar with, but LLVM is probably yeah. a good well, place. Well, okay, LLVM is an interesting case to think about because it's free software. So it's not evil in and of itself. If we had no free compiler and somebody then released LLVM under its uh, pushover license, that would be a tremendous step forward compared with nothing, because nothing is what we'd have if we didn't have uh, GCC and maybe some other free compilers, if there are any. The point is, wh whether LLVM is a step forward or a step back depends on what you're comparing it with. Compared with GCC, it's a step backward for our freedom because LLVM is not copyleft. It's released under a doormat license. And it allows companies to make it proprietary, to make proprietary versions and distribute only the executables. And that's what NVIDIA has done. And that is really a bad thing. And I'm told so, that Bionic is the Android libc library that's released under a non-copyleft license. And that's Bionic, uh, Android libc. I see. Well, it's the same sort of thing, except there's one difference, which is that GNU libc is released under the lesser GPL, which is not a full copyleft. So 
it permits linking into non-free programs. It makes it does impose a requirement that helps users doing other things with the system. You know, the requirement to be able to relink the non-free application and put in a new or modified version of LibC, that's of use for users doing hacking on the system. And Bionic will allow the makers of apps to release them in such a way as to tell users, uh, go jump in the lake. So it's a step back, even though not as big a step back as LLVM. But this is what we've got to expect from these big companies. They don't appreciate freedom. They don't appreciate the freedom that they don't appreciate copyleft for defending users' freedom. As far as they're concerned, it's just something that bothers the companies they work with that are their real clients. And so uh, they'd, uh, they wish copyleft weren't there. And they spend money for the development of things to outflank copyleft and thus deal a setback to the free world. We need to stand up firmly for copyleft. In particular, we need to get in the habit of saying, oh, your project's not copylefted? Well, I'll find another project to contribute to. I'd rather that my work strengthen copyleft. Uh, so I'm not saying that you're bad guys, but uh, I don't see a reason to contribute my time and effort into increasing the non-copylefted software in the world. Related to this question, We're now uh, JP. Yeah. Well, you know, that's all right. I'm not, unfortunately, I don't know if I can. Well, let's see. I'm planning to do something else at seven, which is, I can't change the time of. I either go there or don't. So uh, suppose I start at six. Is that better for you? Uh, so my, my room is crashing all the other sessions. Is that because so many people are trying to go to my room? Wow. Uh, well, gee, maybe I should just announce something for a few days ahead of time. When I, how about if I look at my, uh, how about if I look at my diary and I find a time slot you are now in the afternoon, say that'll work, and say for Tuesday. But I better check that. Actually, I could go check that right now, but it will take a minute. Okay. Hello. Hello. Um, that was Ruben who was communicating with you to try to coordinate that. I think it would be best if that was held until after, because there's only a few more minutes here left, and we have uh, a okay, lot of questions. We've got, to, an, we've got like to, to announce when it is. We've got to announce when it will be, uh, and this is my chance to do it.
<laughs> Very good then. In that case, uh, I'll just pick things up from here. We've had a lot of good questions from the channel. Uh, it's a very active session there. And um, the, uh, I believe it's actually another uh, big blue button server. I'm not uh, cognizant of some of the details there because fortunately our session is not crashing. Uh, to me, this conference this weekend has been going on very smoothly. I've been enjoying the talks, and for the most part, the problems so, that are happening have been very minor. How about okay. if we make it at Tuesday at 420? Um, Tuesday at 420 p.m. The same URL. The same URL. So now I'll continue with questions for as long as I've got. Okay, so we're, we're time is now at uh, 15 after. It looks like we have 10 minutes left. So related to the last question, JPNC had asked, do you ever regret including a full permissive license into the free software definition? And I imagine that's that talking about the LGPL. No, it, I, sorry. Free software is defined in terms of freedoms for the user. If the user has the essential freedoms, the program is free software. You can't deny that uh, lax permissive licenses gr respect users' freedom. Now, they don't defend users' freedom, and that's why I urge you when you release software, in most cases, to release it under a copyleft license. There are a few special cases where I would say to do to use a different license. Look at gnu.org slash licenses slash license recommendations.html, which describes various circumstances in which we'd recommend doing this or that. But uh, I don't hesitate to use a program because it's under a, a lax permissive license. Uh, I may wish they had copylefted it, but that's no reason you or I shouldn't run it. Okay, so um, oh, technology is failing me here. Um, JXJ asks uh, a question which is really tied in with the hardware. Um, you know, software takes hardware to run, and we may have free software, but if we don't have free hardware, it may, becomes a problem. So. Uh, So from this perspective, answer? do you think that free software should work more closely or more strongly with free hardware? I think the term free hardware is a confusion. Likewise, open hardware, it's a confusion. I don't use those terms because I think that they don't fit the situation properly. Here's why. In any piece of digital hardware, you're going to find various different designs at different levels. So, okay, consider a PC. There will be a circuit board. The circuit may be published and even the drawing of the board may be published. Okay, all this under a free license. Okay, that's a free design. Now look at any chip on that board. It has a design and that design is a completely different thing uh, made by a different designer uh, and 
but it may or may not be published. And if it's published, it may or may not be under a free license. These are totally different questions. And uh, then there are peripherals, and some of those peripherals, well, each peripheral probably has a, a circuit board and or something instead of a circuit board if it's too small. Uh, and then it will have a chip. It may have a processor in it. That, well, each chip will have a design. And if it has a processor in it, that processor has a program in it. So all these different totally independent designs, each of which may or may not be free. So I believe that if we want to think clearly about these situations, we need to formulate our concept as free uh, hardware designs. So the PC's motherboard is one design, and each chip is another design. And e you see what I mean? There's so many designs, each of which can be free or not. So do free software developers need to cooperate more with free hardware des design designers? Well, I don't know if that's necessary because once, you know, if they make a hardware design and free software needs to know about it to interact with it, well, we can look at its specs and we can change the software. Uh, there are maybe a few cases where it's useful to have coordination between the projects. You know, if they're trying to think about what instructions to design into a new processor, well, maybe it's useful to find out which ones GCC could optimize uh, effectively or see if we could handle the new instructions they're coming up with. So uh, that's an opportunity, but you could see it's a sort of marginal need. Normally, we would just write the tools to handle whatever they designed. And so we wouldn't need to be coordinating with them in advance. Of course, it's a big advantage if we don't need to be coordinating with them because coordination like that is rather burdensome. And I have already, kind of a really it's a lot of trouble here. Are there efforts to bring Libre, such as Libre Boot and Replicant, to newer devices? I don't actually know. Well, I know some people who I think have been working on it, but you really have to ask the developers of, uh, of Replicant. Okay. Well, in that case, then, uh, we'll change a little bit here. Uh, Cranium Slows asks, how do we protect free software from disproportional contributions from large corporations. Do corporations have free software rights? I don't know what free software rights means. Free software has to uh, give its four freedoms to all kinds of users because otherwise it would cause disaster. If, there, if you imagine a system distro and imagine that a program gets added to that distro that can't be used by certain kinds of users, like, for instance, corporations or governments or what have you, or, you know, left-handed people. Uh, and then there's, or can't be used for certain purposes, like uh, it's forbidden to use it to make a chocolate sundae, but raspberries okay. 
or whatever it might be, at that point, you now have something, a system distro, which people can't just pick up and use. And that this is such a terrible setback that we have to reject any program that has such requirements. And once we have to reject it, we need to replace it if possible or fork the last version that was free. So Atai asked a question, GPL usage has been declining in the past few years, or at least there's a perception maybe that it is. How do you see that we revitalize GPL usage among software developers? The best way to do it is to talk about this. Talk about your own decision to contribute to GPL covered projects and why, and link to articles that explain what we should do and why, and explain how Google and Apple, which are not exactly friends of freedom. In fact, Apple is basically the worst enemy of software freedom among major companies. Uh, so explain why they would like you to think that you should be nice to them by letting them privatize your code. So we're in the last two minutes here. So we have a question here and maybe we'll have time for one more. Uh, from GNU2, would it be a good idea for the free software movement to unite with other movements, such as ecology movements, freedom movements, other? If so, in which condition would you see it happening? Um, in general, I think we should not. And the reason is doing that would exclude people from supporting the free software movement if they don't agree with these other movements. But another reason is those movements don't understand what free software is about. And uh, they have lots of members. We would be an insignificant number of supporters. And so uh, they would welcome our endorsing their positions, but they would do nothing to help us. Now, I support some of those movements personally, and I say so elsewhere because I don't want to, you know, I have no right to uh, have the, to try to make the FSF support other movements because I do. But what about which other movements would they be? The ones you support may not be the same ones I support because you and I are both thinking about issues. So that means we disagree on something. Uh, and uh, or we may support it, an overall goal, but disagree very much about how to achieve it. And therefore, uh, it's problematical to think of supporting other other campaigns, other movements. Well, I actually don't have any other questions in the queue at this time. So By the way, GNU2, GNU2 is the person you can ask about uh, what's going on with porting replicant to other, other hardware models. <laughs> okay. And uh, there is just some, they want to clarify that 4.20 p.m. is actually 16.20 p.m. Tuesday, I think. 
That's right. Uh, okay. Well, sixteen twenty on Tuesday. Sixteen twenty. You don't say a.m. or p.m. I'm sorry. That's my my bad. And thank you very much. I think we'll have to leave it here. It was an excellent uh, discussion. Happy hacking, everybody.